What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Another beautiful day in Las Vegas. And? Uh, I think you're just rubbing it in now that it's getting cold in New York. <laughs> hey, it's cold here too, to be honest with you. I've got fuzzy slippers on. We've got the heat on at the house. It's uh, it's getting chilly here too. Yeah, we had uh, like just like freezing rain yesterday coming from my show. It was like uh, just so demoralizing Like to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I should probably take a lift. Oh, wow, those are expensive. I guess I'm headed to the tray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking in the rain. <laughs> At least it wasn't an outdoor show. Yeah, I don't, oh yeah, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. But yeah, yeah, it's getting chilly here. I mean, winter coats are out and uh yeah, yeah. It's uh it's that getting to that holiday season. Uh, Welcome to the weather podcast, Mind Over Magic <laughs> Weather Edition. No, it's you know, it's part of being on the opposite side of the country here. Yeah, and it's also part of travel and like I mean you got to start thinking about you know, especially as the dreaded snow word comes more and more prevalent uh, mm-hmm. of just like getting to gigs and like especially being on the road and uh, I know we've shared stories of the past of like dealing with weather and delays and so forth so uh, I'm just saying if anyone's book me now's the time to book me in those nice warmer states and uh, there you go <laughs> do you have any requests of where you want to go specifically I'm going to be in uh, Beverly Hills coming up. Uh, so there you go. Nice and warm California. Warmer, at least. So that's not so much of a request because that's already on the books. Yeah. But maybe, yeah. If, maybe there's something going on in Hawaii. or Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take this. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Aruba. <laughs> <laughs> only take gigs in those places this time of year. Yeah, that's what yeah, you should yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like me being only in Vegas. Exactly. Well, you're just more <laughs> consistent. <laughs> uh, what is happening in Vegas, Matt? It's uh, it's good, man. It's been super, super just, I've just been busy, obviously, with the baby coming very soon. So mm-hmm. lots of stuff in the personal life, um, professionally too. Um, working on like another uh, TV thing. It's not my thing, but it's someone else's thing. Um, it's a name of someone not in magic because we were talking about doing like a magic collaboration last week. Right. This is another magic collaboration, but it's with someone who's not involved in magic. Oh, okay. Interesting. But it's a it's definitely a name you would recognize. I feel like anyone in their 30s for sure, sure. and, and for beyond that age bracket as well, like above and below, would, I think would too. Um, but this person is sort of retired from what they were sort of most famous for and then bridged into acting and things like that and now has this TV show coming out and um, kind of exploring different career paths that they never got to do. So there's going to be this segment at, mm-hmm. you know, potentially at the Matt Franco Theater where I'm going to do a little bit of magic with this person and maybe even get them on stage to do it. Oh, wow. In front of the live audience during the show. I'm trying to think who's retired and switching into actors. That I can see now. This is what made me nervous here, <laughs> because I knew if I didn't mention to you ahead of time this, and like you didn't know the name, that if I give enough clues, we all know your skills with trivia. I feel like you're already like on the. I feel like you're maybe three guesses away from the correct answer. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I have some ideas, but uh, I won't say them for fear of being correct. Uh, can, so th- can you give me like a genre of what you think they might have been known for? Sports. Get, or Huh? Sports. 
Is that right? Now, here's the thing. I can't answer that question because it's going to give too much away. So that's a yes. <laughs> uh, I can't even tell you yes or no. or I, I just can't. I just now, luckily, can't. sports is probably the uh, category of celebrity I know the least like famous people so, <laughs> off the top um, of my head. But uh, yeah, okay. So um, you're, you're saying it's Tom Brady. He's done with the <laughs> with no. football and Giselle, and he's coming to learn magic now <laughs> no he's no still playing. He's i can deny retired. i think i can um, i can firmly deny that one but anyway yeah, yeah so this this is you know just a week or two away wow um, we okay got thanksgiving coming up um 2000 shows coming up next week wow that's a lot of shows matt uh, yeah i don't know if so, you know this you keep getting cakes for these landmarks you're gonna run out of space eventually yeah. you know i think for 500 <laughs> shows we did 500 cupcakes hmm. And, you know, I said to the production team, I was like, look, <laughs> we can't do the 2,000 cupcakes. That's completely out of hand. Uh, you can and then send me some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I, I think I'm going to try to do some sort of, uh, for the 2,000 shows, put together a, um, like a, uh, a donate 2,000 meals. Oh, that's, wow. Yeah. To one of the organizations here in that's town great. that, that participates in that sort of thing so we're, we're working on the details for that right now and just a nice way to give back in celebration of 2000 yeah yeah i was gonna say that's that's a much more noble and charitable approach uh because i was gonna say you can always just go smaller and smaller with your like your foods so it's like 2000 <laughs> m&ms like spr- yeah right sprinkles <laughs> <laughs> but 2000 shows that's a that's quite a milestone uh i mean that does it feel like you've done 2000 shows on that stage yes and no it mm-hmm. it's one of those things where um it still feels really fresh and fun to me mm-hmm. honestly like mm-hmm. it's like running which i've talked about a little bit more recently like even if you run the same route many times it's still different each time you do it it's yeah. a, it's a, if you're in the present moment, it's it's never exactly the same. And sometimes in the show, your external factors are different. Maybe you're in a different venue or the audience is just different. Um, or sometimes it's internal conditions mm-hmm. that are different. So as you're performing, each time maybe you have to apply a little bit more gas or less gas. And like I just kind of approach it in a way that's different than the time before and the time before. I find that each show feels new. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Matt is a robot that runs on gas. (laughs) That's why he's able to do 2,000 shows. (laughs) Uh, No, it's very similar to like a Meisner technique or just any acting technique when you're doing the same lines of dialogue over and over again. You want to stay present and you're kind of feeding off the energy that your scene partner is giving you. In this Mm -hmm. case, you know, you have the liberty to improvise more and go off script. Uh, right. which keeps it fresh, but also you are playing off of the energy of the crowd as that other scene partner as a way. So very it, much so you're, you're constantly gauging and adjusting based off what the audience is giving and how you can do that. So that's how that's how it stays fresh for you and for you know all the shows that I do as well. But uh, I, I like to add in those like specific improv opportunities where I don't know what's gonna happen. So that's another way to keep things fresh when I'm doing shows over and over again and having like, you know, you never know what the thought is gonna be or the drawing or whatever. So I'm all constantly, you know, on my toes with that. 
But uh, but yeah, man, it's quite the feat still to be able to do. You know, I would say you're a Vegas staple now. You, I mean, well, you have been, but like cemented as a Vegas headliner, and like you know, that's what people think of when they think of Vegas now. A bunch of the names that pop up, you're you're in that echelon. It's know? yeah, it's it's. I never think of it that way, and honestly, I don't even think about the amount of shows very often either. But it's kind of crazy to look back and go, "Wow, where does the time go?" Yeah. Like anything else, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm, I was reflecting on that recently too because uh, we mentioned the the college booking conferences, and uh, someone commented on just one of my posts. There was like, "Oh, you must be a staple of those now," and I was just was like, "Wow, it doesn't feel like that." But we've been do I've been doing them for over 10 years now so right yeah you know, you're a name that's just in that in that yeah. circle in that arena yeah and i think you know when people think of vegas they you know matt franco is up there as one of the names did you ever think that i mean that's the thing that's the this is the craziest part is like when you were a little kid and you had a whole different batch of names when you thought vegas and now mm-hmm. you're you're in that batch you know like isn't that wild like to think back when you were little and- yeah i guess so i never really think about it mm-hmm. to be yeah. honest with you but it is it is kind of bizarre you yeah. know I, I mean it's bizarre just driving to work yeah yeah and like thinking about where i'm going and what i'm doing and how we all landed here it's just kind of like what is going on like was this just sort of inevitable like or uh, or just everything because if you think about place, it i've devoted right? every second of my life mm-hmm. to it i mean not not every second but <laughs> i'm using yeah yeah hyperbole or whatever you yeah, want to call it yeah, here yeah, yeah. um but you know i've kind of been devoting everything towards this for as long as i can remember so like is it is it bizarre I guess it is. It is. And at the same time, it's like, well, what else would I be doing? If not in Vegas, I'd be doing magic somewhere. Right. Exactly. Right. So like it's one of the options. Right. And it's just that how many things fell into place at the right time. And like it's just it's kind of like almost, uh, you know, obviously you're you're working towards it and you're you're hoping for those breaks along the way. But the fact that like these broke the right way at the right time. That's how I think about movies being made too. It's like there's so many things that could go wrong, and how ma- how many movies don't get made and never see the light of day. It's like everything has to fall in place exactly for a movie to come out and for people right. to watch it. You know? Yeah, it, it's crazy how much of it is outside of your control, right. but it's also crazy how much of it is in your control. Yeah. And unless both are happening at the exact same time, colliding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the movie won't get made, so to right. speak. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Speaking of now that we've uh, linked movies to your career, when's the uh, Matt Franco movie coming out? Matt Franco biopic. Let's hear the rise to fame. Let's see Have it. Have you written it? No. You want me to write it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a two-minute version being worked on right now for the opening of the show. Gotcha. I was going to say, if you have me write it, it's going to be weirdly heavy on your podcast host. Like, why <laughs> Why is he in this <laughs> biopic so much? <laughs> why is it all about this podcast? <laughs> It's going to be like talking about, you know, Matt's journey on AT- AGT, and it's mostly just talking about me going to New Jersey to watch you perform on AGT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> come out for the Matt Franco biopic starring Eric Diddlin. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's very funny. You mentioned, you mentioned the NACA conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I know uh, Gallagher I, I get recently just passed. That was this week. Yeah, there's been a lot of people that passed recently. It's very, very sad. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, I'm a big fan of the voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, passed as well. But uh, then I posted I have a signed thing from him. But we actually had an encounter with Gallagher. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Gallagher, most famous for smashing watermelon. And Prop was, comic. Yeah. Um, and we actually, it was the first, uh, it was at APCA conference, Matt, where you it and I. It was when you and I met. First met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the theme of the conference was like, like sort of like 60s Woodstock. And there was like wavy gravy from Woodstock was there rolling around in like a rascal scooter. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the big get, everyone was talking about, oh, they got a, like a huge headliner to headline the showcase. And it was Gallagher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Gallagher, uh, you know, re- he's got such a uh, an interesting history, and like I remember watching his specials with my brother, and just always looking up to like some of the cleverness. Yeah, uh, you, and I believe me, there's a lot of cleverness and like craziness in his specials that aren't just smashing watermelons, because that's all people right. remember. He had a lot of wordplay, and he had this amazing. Um, bit that I still think of it was like a giant flea circus where he has the invisible imaginary elephant and um this elephant there's a pool of water and you see him pet this imaginary elephant and then you see it start to climb the stair uh, the the ladder and the ladder rungs are bending as it's climbing up but you don't mm-hmm. see anything and then you, the diving board moves and you see it bounce and then it lands with a big splash of water which everyone is already wearing ponchos anyway because of the watermelon stuff. You, when you went to a Gallagher show, you knew you were going to get, like, splattered with things. Right, so anyway, yeah, you had to, yeah, that's why the ponchos. Right. So while we were there for our conference, and they start handing out ponchos to the mm-hmm. audience, in, the, um, in the, the audience, we were like, oh, boy, is he really going to smash watermelon? So, but the crazy part I remember most is uh, we took a photo together, and then immediately that showcase, other acts were showcasing as well. And there was a singer-songwriter, who I don't remember who it was, was performing, and Gallagher decides he needs to make this showcase better (laughs) and walks out on stage during the singer-songwriter showcase, (laughs) which is like a huge (laughs) no-no. Like, you realize I don't remember this at all, no, right? No, I know you don't. I know you don't. So I'm refreshing I, you. I have no recollection of this. Now, I may have not been in the room. You may not have happened. been in the room, but you yeah. must have heard about it at the time because I think I must have told you about it. Because, <laughs> like, this is an opportunity for an act to put, present their, what they're selling to the clients that are trying to book them. So it's like you want them to put their best foot forward. Gallagher had decided that this wasn't entertaining enough. It was just a singer with a guitar on stage. So he comes out behind him, like unbeknownst to the singer, with a tennis racket and a roll of toilet paper, or many rolls of toilet paper, and starts hitting the toilet paper into the audience, (laughs) creating streams of toilet paper. And everyone's like, what is happening? (laughs) Now, if this singer didn't really know about this, it had to have caused an uproar if, if she didn't approve this. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think they did. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I didn't see the aftermath of what the agents and the singer star, what he did on stage. He must've realized once the, the, the toilet paper streamers were going into the audience. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that was very, very funny. And then I remember when Gallagher did, uh, showcase, he was like 
a lot bluer than I thought. Like he was like saying some dirty jokes. And I don't. I did watch part of his yeah. showcase. I just was, remember so, he kept saying, "Oh, if you bring me to your campus, I won't say those jokes." <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and just to give context too, so like the singer songwriter on stage, either she or her agents ponied up probably yeah. upwards of a couple thousand dollars for her to have that ten minute opportunity on stage to showcase in front of the buyers. Right, right. And then only to have it sabotaged by <laughs> a legendary prop comic. It's like wonderful yeah. and awful at the same time. I know, I know, which which <laughs> describes a lot of his career, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but well, I mean, well, there was a whole controversy with his brother, and people were saying that his brother was performing as him. No, that did happen. His brother took the act and went as Gallagher too. And uh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I don't know what what's going on there, but um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It was wild. I mean, talk about pulling focus from someone else's showcase that he did it immediately. Everyone was looking at what Gallagher was doing. Um, but I think the moral of the story was because of that showcase. I just remember the co-op booking where he was kind of sitting out, and they're just like Gallagher. Anyone? All right, moving on. So I don't, I don't think it helped his uh, his bookings that day. Uh, right, I do recall that. But I think he uh, he just kind of did whatever he wanted, and that was his spirit, and uh, mm-hmm. and and that was my only interaction. And I know a lot of people have crazier stories <laughs> of Gallagher as well. So uh, I, you know what I will say, he was very kind and very like he was. He was very present at that conference. He was mm-hmm. not like I'm gonna pop in, right? Do he, my bit and be out. Like he was hanging out. He was everywhere. From what I recall, yeah, yeah, all the time. Like you'd see him hanging out everywhere, sitting outside on a bench. You'd see him mm-hmm. sitting in the bar area. You, yeah, he came over to uh, my booth. That's where we took our photo. Like he was just wandering around everywhere at the uh, in Verona, New York. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Uh... It was like the Gallagher Conference. Really. It was the Gallagher Conference. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's also sort of like, you know, it's kind of sad to say, but like when I first learned like some of these college booking conferences are like the, the saying is you see people twice. You see them on their way up and you see them on their way down. And I was like, what is Gallagher doing? Here? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing. Yeah. I actually thought of that exact phrase as you were, you know, talking about being a staple in that market. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, it's rare to be a staple in that market. Yeah, yeah. To be consistent. Because it's yeah. difficult, first of all. Mm-hmm. It's 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 competitive and, and not easy. But you're right, because people can sort of come in and out of it, It's it's not easy to sort of maintain that pace so yeah, to speak. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Props yeah. to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, rest in peace, Gallagher. Uh, definitely made watermelons more prevalent in popular society uh, with his sledgeomatic. <laughs> I recommend if you can Google his um, his spelling bit. It was, me and my brother would quote it all the time where he takes different words. like, And I won't do it justice, but I'll give you a, just a taste of it where he's like, T-O-M-B is tomb. C-O-M-B coom. No, C-O-M-B comb. B-O-M-B bomb? No, B-O-M-B bomb. <laughs> so he's like playing around with the English language, which is, you know, something I love to do. Yep. But he's just talking about all the inconsistencies. And uh, you should definitely check that out. And just I'll never forget how to spell bomb with B-O-M-B. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> just the way he says it. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, rest in peace, Gallagher. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Watch some Batman. Some He's like the definitive Batman, by the way, Matt, if you don't realize. Like the Batman in the animated series. He did all the video games. He's that voice of Batman. So uh, I saw the Dark Knight in the theater. That was not him. That was Christian Bale. I know that. Okay. Just <laughs> That's the only Batman I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Oh, at least you saw one. Oh, there you go. That's better, exactly. than, better than some of your other track record with movies. Um, I watched a movie this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Enchanted. Oh, yeah. The Disney with Amy Adams. Yeah, Tiana wanted to watch that. Uh, She likes that movie. And then, wait, I went to the movies, too, and I saw Ticket to Paradise with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Oh, was that good? I I enjoyed it. I I like a good rom-com, but honestly, George Clooney and Julia Roberts, I mean, come on. Not since Ocean's Eleven. How you know they're 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 very very talented at what they do. So it was uh, it it made for an enjoyable flick. I'm sure they've been in movies since Ocean Eleven. Maybe I don't know. Well, I didn't even remember that they were in that together. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, write in if I was wrong on movies, which maybe we'll, we'll have. I'll just get a text from my brother. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the I saw a movie, but I'm gonna save it for my recommendations. But um, fair enough. Another recommendation that you made to me, Matt, and I had to go back and watch it. What is it? Was Danny Ortiz on oh. Fool Us. Wow. Yep. What a spot. Took the world by storm. This was a couple weeks ago. But if you haven't seen Danny Ortiz, unbelievable. We've already raved about him from the FISM lecture where I was just fooled over and over again. And like start even learning the techniques, learning, you know, uh, still being fooled. But he... He destroyed on that I'm, show. I'm in a constant state of raving about Danny Diorties. Like yeah. since for a long time. First time I, I saw his work was in 2010. Um, but about 10 years later, I guess sometime during the pandemic, I really started diving deeper into it. Yeah. And he's become a huge influence on me. Um, yeah, he's so good. I, I just love the moment where Donny Osmond gets up from the table and walks away because that actually happened to me the night before he taped it when he had come to my show. And there were, I guess it was very similar to that Fula setup. There were four of us sitting mm-hmm. at a restaurant and, you know, Danny performed a couple of things for me. And I talked about this right after it had happened right. um, on this podcast. But I, I actually got up from the table and walked away just like Donnie did on, on the show. Well, I love that Donnie Osmond was involved in this bit on the TV performance as well. So it's, you've got your two, uh, two, I know. two people you're raving about, Donnie and Donnie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but even just seeing Penn and Teller's reactions, like Teller's like flopping in his chair. He's so blown away, which is but hard to do. Nobody's talking about, for- too, how he just said, screw the formula of like what magic is supposed to look like on this show or television in general. Well, I heard he wasn't even supposed to film and he was just happened to be there was the rumor I heard that he they were just like, it'd be dumb of us not to have you on the show while you're here consulting or hanging out. And they just were like, what are you going to do? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do some stuff. And they didn't even vet it. They just let him do his thing. So he literally just grabbed a deck of cards and had them sit at the table and just 
fooled them before he even did the thing he was going to show them. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, because he told me he was going to do like an A-can type thing. And, yeah. And, and that's why, like, when, and I knew he would do a couple of things to warm up, but there was a pretty long warm up before the A-can. I was like, geez, I hope he gets to it. And, and he eventually did. And they let yeah. him. But yeah. yeah, he's just like, I'm going to do what I do. And yeah. that's that's the only way I'm willing to do this, and which was amazing. And the fact that they uh, clearly, by the way, spoiler alert, he fools them. <laughs> yes, badly. <laughs> and he wins I, the trophy. But they didn't even bother to make a guess. They didn't even bother to discuss it. They just like they they were ready to bring down like the trophy before he like halfway through his set. Like, I feel like he just yeah, was I, one of my favorite unreal. parts. First of all, if you're a magician watching it, you got to watch it multiple times to catch half of the mm -hmm. like nuances and of what's going on. I don't even mean methods. I just mean like genius of everything that's taking place. But one of my favorite parts is just in the beginning where uh, Donnie grabs the deck. Donnie, I got to specify here, Donnie Osmond. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm grabs the deck and says, I got to check this and make sure these are regular cards. Yeah. And um, Danny's reaction is sort of like, okay, you do what you want or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, okay, it's it's good. He's like, okay, I fooled you. I can leave now. Yeah, that's very funny. That's very funny. Um, yeah, but just like Danny's body language when he grabbed the deck and like started going through it was that of, I mean, it pretty much influenced Donnie to not care to even look through it at all because it just looked like Danny didn't care at all. Yeah. Whatever yeah. he did, you know? Yeah. I would say that this piece is required viewing for people who listen to our podcast just to see. And we'll probably link to it in our bio uh, here uh, for this episode. So uh, definitely watch it. It is it is a master class. And, and it's also tricky, too, because a lot of people, you know, uh, have opinions about card magic and card magic all looking the same, but like seeing cards in Danny's hands like makes you right. a fan of card magic for sure. Well, that's my question too, is like, I would love to know what lay people's opinion, like how, how it mm -hmm. rated and like what, what lay people think of it. Cause like I was obsessed with it, you know, yeah. that the performance, I thought it was fantastic. I was looking forward to it mm -hmm. since I heard about it, yada, yada, yada. But like, I'm very curious to know, like, do lay people watch that and go, oh, that's just a card trick? Or do they understand mm. deeper? Well, we have lay people that listen to our uh, podcast, so we can ask them. So if, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you don't practice, obviously you're interested in magic if you're listening to us, or uh, or, if, or maybe you're just here for the riddles. But I feel like we've <laughs> skewed them now, though. We've told them that we they're supposed them. to be impressed. Yeah. So, <laughs> but right in, we're curious just to even see if you, you know, you're not as avid a studier of the techniques that, you know, Matt has studied, and I know a little bit of <laughs> sitting in the lecture, like what you think of this performance, and if it does seem different from just a standard you know magic card trick uh if you can tell that that level but i mean it's it's baffling it really is <laughs> so i uh, feel free to write us at our email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh yeah matt do you know the method of the akin i can't even it all blend see that's the thing is i just enjoyed the piece and i wasn't analyzing mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. but uh mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Well, he fooled me with it, and I and I had also learned it previously from him. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's how much material there is. And that, that ties into a topic we've discussed before, is like even knowing methods, you can then use them against someone who knows the method and still fool them. 
if Absolutely. it's done right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happens all the time. Happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what do we say we jump over to our trivia? Please. Yes, let's do that. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? And by trivia, I mean we're starting with the riddle. Diddle me this. <laughs> so, Matt, here we go. Um, how can you take two from five and leave four? How can you take two from five and leave four? Well, leave for what? Leave for work, leave for leisure, okay. leave for vacation. See, this is what I already like, that you're thinking outside the box and trying to analyze the different meanings of words. Uh, this is math-related, so leave means actually, like, leave for. So, like, four will be your result at the end. I will tell Take you that two much. from five and leave mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. There is no way to have five minus two equal four because five minus two is three. Right, which is why it's not phrased that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, take two from five, leave four. So now I'm thinking had something to do with like spelling, right? So if you take two letters from five, but obviously that still doesn't equal four. There are no two letters you can remove from five. Wait, take two from five. Yeah, F-I-V-E. I don't understand how you can take two from that, whether it be two letters or. Hmm. You're very on the right track. I will say this. You you got uh, this was the leap I was worried you were going to not get to, but you went there right away is to take two letters from the word to leave mm-hmm. four. So it must not <laughs> be letters. Because if you take two letters. You're left with a variety of different things, depending on which two letters you remove, but you're not left with four, nor are you left with four letters, uh, two letters. Right. No, you're not left with four letters because you start with four letters. Uh, Yeah, yeah, well, it's not left with four letters. It's actually left with four. It does work. Right. Take two from five. Mm Mm-hmm. See, there's one. So th- you made the first leap. There's one other leap that there's makes another this, leap here. There's isn't another there? leap, yeah. <laughs> and if you Take want, t- if you want, I mean, I've never, I've never um, uh, offered to give the answer and stump you with you being this close. But if you want to submit, <laughs> I can, I can put you out of your misery and tell you the answer. Or if you still want to think about it. Well, I just feel like I'm so close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I feel like this is the closest you've gotten. <laughs> and then if you want to pull the ripcord and get the answer. <laughs> Le- take two from five mm-hmm. and leave four. Yeah, how could you take two from five and leave four? No matter which two letters you take, well, you're start, not going to get four on either side. Start removing some letters and what do we get? So if you remove the V and the E, oh, wait a minute. We're going Roman numerals now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, for those of you who didn't follow that, if you remove the F and the E from five, you're left with IV, which is the Roman numeral, for four. What do you think? You like it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's a clever one. 
It's clever. It's very clever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it when I saw it. So, uh, well mm -hmm. done. You were there. I was glad you made that final push because I was ready mm -hmm. to give you the answer. And that mm -hmm. would have been the closest you've gotten without getting it. But you got there. So, well there done. You go. Uh, let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia. I have a series of multiple choice questions for you based on pop music from the 2000s. Okay. Uh, we'll see how I do in this. Music's not my strongest category. I'm aware. Yes. Let's see it. Who had a hit song called It's My Life? Okay. I thought you were just going to end there. Who had a hit song? <laughs> the it's called It's My Life and I have four choices. It's my life. Now or never. Is that the song? That is the song. I have no idea who's saying that. <laughs> okay, it's either Jamiroquai, Gorillaz, Aerosmith, or Bon Jovi. Oh, that's Bon Jovi. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, who had a hit with this song? Breathe. Breathe. And I have four choices. I don't even, this doesn't even sound familiar. Breathe? Breathe. Um... And I can tell you the choices are Celine Dion. You don't want to sing a little for me? <laughs> I think it's the one that goes, just breathe. Okay, I'm not going to get this. Go ahead. Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Celine Dion, Maya, Faith Hill, or Leanne Rimes? Um, Faith Hill and Leanne Rimes seem at least in the same category. Uh, let's go Faith Hill. That is correct. Wow. What in doubt guess. Okay. <laughs> now that we have a third third and final question. Mm -hmm. Who had a hit with the song Angel? Oh, I know this one. Not off the top of my head of the artist, but what are the choices? Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. Sting. Mm. And Shaggy. Okay. I was uh, like very worried. I was like, none of these sound <laughs> like they would be the, the 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 song I picture in my head unless they release everyone. I believe this is Shaggy. Is it Shaggy? That is of course correct. <laughs> Yay! Not Good bad. Work. Not bad. All right. Not I bad at all. Did better than I thought I would. Need you did those. really well, actually. You got you got every single one. Yeah, I needed those multiple choices though on all of them. Although I should have mm -hmm. known the Bon Jovi. Let's be honest. But uh, you I sang it. <laughs> I believe I uh, played that multiple times on like Guitar Hero. So <laughs> should have well done, the artist. Um, Matt, um, I did a, uh, a, a gala this weekend, uh, where it was, uh, and I'm doing a bunch more of these where it's not only a stage show, but it's walk around beforehand. So it's, uh, you know, strolling cocktail hour. Uh, so I'm, I was doing 45 to an hour of strolling and then later on a 45 minute stage show. Now I'm never worried about the stage show. That's my bread and butter. Uh, I've gotten much better at walk around strolling, especially doing like close up sets at like speakeasy and everything like that. But there's still a bit of that like nervous anticipation of like, I just never love the going up and interrupting people that are talking part, right? It's so really difficult. It really is hard to have an opener and to like break the ice, especially if they look like they're either in the middle of just eating food and talking and you don't want to really want to bother them is my mm -hmm. go to. But uh, a couple strategies that we've talked about in the past. 
worked, including a new strategy that I've never tried before, but it made me feel more comfortable approaching. So one of the ways that I approached a group, and uh, and feel free to chime in on, you know, when you were doing a lot of walk-around stuff of how you were approaching. You did mostly at restaurants, though, right? Or a little bit of everything. Um. No, yeah, I did a lot of a lot of walk around at events too. In events, yeah, mm-hmm. but like restaurants, I was almost gonna say seem easier, but it's not too because you're also just interrupting someone's meal. <laughs> I think it's equally awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the reasons I just uh, approached people because I knew it was a cocktail hour. It was a big like there was a silent auction going on. It was like all this stuff happening. So I just went up to people and said, "Oh, um, whoever the host was of the event." Wanted me to, uh, I go, I'm the mind reader. They might have billed me and, and told you I'm going to be performing tonight. Uh, so uh, to uh, come over and perform for you now as a gift from the host to welcome you to the event. So I was using that as an excuse to be like, someone br- told me to come over rather than I'm just interrupting you as this guy that has to do his job. Uh, but So it seems like I'm qualifying them and giving them a gift that that's like a special treatment for, on behalf of the host. So one, they have to be polite. If they're if if they're initially reticent about watching a close-up performance, they have to be polite because the host asked for this to happen. Right. Right. So they'll at least humor me for at least one thing, and then I can kind of gauge the, gauge the situation. If they're still not feeling it, I can move on to another group. But um, the other thing I added, uh, which I think um, was pretty fun, is. For my own nerves, I was like, well, I don't want it like to them to just see this and not, you know, get a great performance if I'm a little nervous. And I know there's going to be the stage show, which I'm going to crush later. So I literally said to him, I go, hey, so I'm performing tonight. I need to warm up before tonight's performance. So do you mind the more I meet people, the more I get to know what the vibe is and then the better the stage show is going to be. So that was my approach to then, you know, if something didn't land as hard as I thought it was, I could be like, well, this is just the warm up, but tonight it's good. That that already helped me. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, also those moments in performance every once in a while where things can flub up, you know, it's like, then there's less pressure on that to happen as well because Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is just warm up anyway. So that, was my new approach was to say a i'm uh invited by the host and two uh this is just warm up anyway and i just need to get in the zone for tonight's performance Thoughts? i, I love the, i love <laughs> yeah, both of those yeah, things yeah. they're very much in the vein of something i would say mm-hmm. um but because my belief on it is that i like i think the uh, the the moment you approach the group they got to know who you are what you're doing and why you're approaching them mm-hmm. as opposed to and I'm not a big fan of this, uh, you know, in restaurants, you walk up to the table and go, oh, did you drop this knife? Oh, but now it's a red knife and now it's blue. And like you immediately start performing. That was which the exact is, example I thought you were going to give to because that's which, such a standard. Like, Yeah. So here's the thing. I recently <laughs> found out why that's a standard and where it's from. Oh, please tell me that. And I was shocked to see it too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I've only read Tommy Wonder's Books of Wonder. I only read the first book. Mm. I never read the second one in full and I'm reading it now and there's like a whole section on on like approaching people in restaurants and that's where that's from. Wow. Tommy Wonder actually, you know, and maybe that sort of thing worked for him. Right. Um, but he had a very specific personality, right? So like for me, I want to be transparent from the get-go. I like the idea, hey, I'm going to warm up with some things if it's okay with you guys uh, before the show. I, I think that's great and it sort of checks all the boxes for me. Right. Um, as opposed to 
bombarding them with performance without sort of some sort of permission. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like that's a very visual. For those of you who missed it, it's a uh, like a little pocket knife that changes colors in front of their eyes, right? Right, I think also, so, Also, it's like, yeah. why are you showing someone your pocket knife? I don't know. That, nowadays, that seems weird. But uh, Yeah, these books were written a long time ago. But people, are, yeah. I guarantee you, magicians are using that technique in restaurants right now. A hundred percent. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But um, the, the other thing, too, is because, you know, strolling mentalism, there's nothing really visual flashy. And there's always a lot of process of, like, thinking of a word and getting them to follow instructions. So I kind of had to have an intro because you can't really bombard someone with mentalism, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, there's there are quicker ones of, like, just pick one out of four or whatever, and I predicted which one you'd choose. But, like, still, like... It's 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 good enough, but it's not like that bam wow moment of just a one right. four choice, uh, where you're revealing someone's crush name or family number. Like those are really impactful by comparison, but they require more process to get to that point. So mm-hmm. I had to say, and I just literally joined, and I just came over to tables. and was like, hey, how are we all doing? Welcome to the event. I was acting as the host or the the surrogate host mm-hmm. on behalf of the host. I'd be like, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming to the gala. And it did help. It was a black tie event, and I was wearing a maroon suit. So I there stood out, looked like I was either part of the venue or part of the hosting, you know, uh, the, the host um, group there. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good way to interact and op- get that foot in the door. And then it is all about gauging their response and how interested they are if they wanted to get back to their conversation and whatnot. And I don't take it personally because again, I'm just adding an element to the cocktail hour. So if they Mm want to focus on the drinks and the cocktails in the, in the food, that's fine by me. I'll show Mm -hmm. them like one thing, get out of there and be like, Mm -hmm. enjoy the rest of your evening and find a a group that's more receptive. That's totally cool too. Yeah. Um, But uh, the other benefit it has is, um, Going into the stage show, I already know a lot of people in the audience. I can just treat them as friends, and I'm like just performing for friends. So now I'm like more familiar with people, and uh, you know, if nerves ever kick in, which again for the stage show they don't really, they don't really, but uh, you can have more fun and be a little bit looser, not worried about the uh, the uh, the intensity of the gig or the uh, the. Yeah, (laughs) is it a little bit weird though to interact with the audience before you go out there too? Like, for example, if you're doing a corporate event and you're invited to like sit at a a ten top table for dinner before the show, isn't it then funny to get up from the table and go up and do you know thirty five? Which is why I usually deny that request. (laughs) (laughs) I do not usually have a meal or sit down. And they always offer, which is very nice, and I always decline. But I can also say as an excuse uh, to to not do that is I don't want people to think I've set anything up with the audience. That's true, too. So, like, for the cocktail hour, people know I'm performing. But I try to choose people that I didn't, you know, use in the cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. Um to then show that anyone could be called and nothing's really set up. I didn't ask people before the show to think of mm-hmm. certain things. So. Yeah, it's um, that's great. I uh, I feel like the same the same thing. It's it's a little bit of a warm up, and it, it gets kind of things going before the show. But I I think my favorite is when like there's a host or an event planner that will actually bring you around mm. and sort of introduce you to people at least to kind of kick things off. I find that to be very very helpful. But it's never something I've like requested over the years it's just something that has like naturally happened a good number of times 
Yeah, yeah. I do that a lot with like my college teasers when I do that because the student activities board or whatever will actually walk you around. And that's sort of doing the same thing where you're advertising the show for later. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I was doing for this. Like they knew I was in the gala and part of the, the program. They said my Andrew Derek Diddleman was there. So I was just like, hey, I'm warming up. The, uh, you're going to see the full stage show. That's, that's what I kept reminding people about. But when mm -hmm. I'm at a college, I'm literally telling people who may not have even heard that there's a show going on, like walking around the dining hall being like, hey, my one, number one goal is to get butts and seats for your auditorium tonight. Uh, so if you want to introduce me and help me tell people like where the, the, the campus building is <laughs> that the show is and what time it is, I'll show them just a couple things to, you know, whet their appetite so that they'll come and want to be there. But like it's better if you introduce and our number one goal at that point is just to give out the the, the show info, I think. Yeah, I feel like the amount yeah. of times I'd go into a campus and they would just like, you know, I'd get there, reach out to the contact person. It would be one person. Mm -hmm. And then they bring you to the dining hall to do what we call teasers, which is what we're talking about now. And they just go, all right, here it is. Essentially drop me off there. Yeah. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm off on my own to recruit for the show. You know, that's yeah. happened plenty of times, yeah. too. And it's it feels awkward, but you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. You got to almost pretend like you're a street performer at that point where you're yeah. like building your own audience. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes they're, you're right. Some are more holding your hand through the process and going to be there, introduce you to certain tables, give you that info. And sometimes they're just like, you've got free reign. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> have yeah. fun. Do what you do. And do then other thing. campuses will have like 20 people coming with you all in matching shirts yeah. with balloons trying to promote the event, you know? <laughs> Now, what's interesting too, yeah, that's totally true, is um, the like a lot of walk around is you repeat, you repeat over stuff. and over, yeah, over and over. But so that's sometimes the challenge when you do have a big group with you or like someone showing you, you kind of have to be like, all right, this is going to be impressive the first time, but uh, the more you see it, you're going to pick up more things. So you're now part of my team, you're in on yeah, it. I never <laughs> even think about that, yeah. to be honest with you. It doesn't even really cross my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll only explicitly point that out if something's, like, very obvious that it seemed like it was supposed to be a free choice and it's clearly not. It, it just happened They're to, seeing the multiple outs. They're just seeing the same <laughs> thing over and over again. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of have to, you know, gauge on who, who you're letting in on the secret. Because, I mean, that, that phrase I love is uh, first time's amazing, second time's a tutorial. And it's true right. sometimes. Unless it's, unless it's Danny DRT's, in which case 100 times is a little bit of a tutorial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're still fooled. So, yeah. Awesome, man. So, so uh, more, I've got more of those kind of walk around slash ga uh, gala performances combos coming up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to just uh, – it's, it's interesting, been interesting to switch gears uh, with my gigs lately be between Speakeasy where I'm doing – a close-up set to my stage shows, which I do a lot, and then to do these gigs where I'm doing both. So it's just kind of reminding myself in the moment to be like, which which set am I doing? What kind of performance am I doing? <laughs> so I don't get confused. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. The, the variety of it keeps things fresh as well. Absolutely. Got to be able to change it up and keep it fresh. Yeah. Uh, Matt, let's jump over to goals, shall we? Okay. Uh, I gotta be honest. I did not do any of my goals this week, but, uh, let's see where you're at. You want to keep your creativity going. You know, it's, it's interesting. Cause you, you know, you're talking about having variety and a lot of balls in the air. Um, 
kind of the same thing here. Like on one side, my creativity is flowing heavily. And then there are other parts of creativity that are like a little bit paralyzed because I'm waiting on information on this or that. And, you know, it's kind of a um, needs to be done in a certain order. And I'm waiting on other things before I can really push certain ideas forward. So that's a little bit frustrating. But I'd say overall, um, I'm feeling good on the creativity front. Yeah, I'm going to actually say I did your goal this week. What is, is it? Uh, I did I did more creativity stuff. Good. I started good. reading into some more of my stack of mentalism books that I need to get through and working on some other ideas, revisiting some other ideas. So uh, I'm going to say I also accomplished your goal. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Are, Are you, you setting one for uh, for next week? Yeah, I guess I should probably like try to get to uh, running still and keep I'm going to keep with the creativity. I think I'm in a good headspace with that. I encourage I encourage you to try the Nike running app. I know, I know. I need to get to that. I think you'll enjoy it. I really do. I mean, enjoy might be a strong word in the very beginning on like day one. Yeah. But by day five, I think you'll be into it. Yeah. No, I needed a good mental health week of just like, you know, I was getting the stuff I needed done, done. And then in my downtime, I needed to relax a bit so i didn't i didn't put on the running shoes but i need to do it uh speaking of mental health there are um there's a collaboration on the nike running app again this is not an ad obviously you love um, this with headspace (laughs) you you love these apps you love headspace you love nike run well headspace um does some of the guided runs Mm. in collaboration with uh the app so those are actually you know you get two for one there there and it's go. a free app, though. There you go. Well, uh, Headspace what, is not, you know, but this is free. Yeah. What's your uh, goal for next week? Um, I think for the most part, I've just got... Oh, you know what I am going to do? Uh, finally, the construction is complete upstairs. So I think by the time I see you next week, we will be broadcasting from my office. But that requires effort. So that will be the goal for the week. And it's going to be a tough one, but I think it needs to get done. Nice. Broadcast from office. Lovely. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, and then uh, let's jump over to recommendations, man. What do you got for recommendations? Recommendations. Um, ticket ticket to Paradise, George Clooney and Julia Roberts in theaters now. When's the nice. last time a rom-com was in the theater? It's been a while. Check yeah, it out. It is. It is. Uh, I saw a movie as well, uh, the big blockbuster that came out. I saw Wakanda Forever, part of the MCU. And it was amazing. It's really, really good. Uh, it's probably my favorite movie or the best movie of their phase four that I think has come out. Uh, so I recommend that. It was a really, really fun. Saw it in a packed theater. Nice Dolby seats. Yeah, yeah. I will say the theater was pretty busy for uh, Ticket to Paradise in the middle of a day on uh, Sunday, too, at like five o'clock or something. It was like, I can't believe how many people were at the movie theater. It's been a long time since I've seen a packed theater for a movie. Yeah. That was cool. I'll recommend another movie too because I finally got to catch it. Uh, it's on the Roku channel, and you, which you can watch for free. You just sign up for a free, free login. Uh, is the Weird Al documentary biopic? It's not a documentary, but they pretend it is. Uh, biopic called Weird, starring mm-hmm. uh, Dana Radcliffe as uh, Weird Al. And awesome! It's, uh, it's bonkers. If you want to, I mean. Gallagher even makes a little appearance, uh, not himself, someone playing Gallagher. <laughs> so oh, t- nice. Tied in, tied in. Um, but uh, yeah, you definitely check that out. It is not like any biopic you've ever seen because they're making fun of the genre, which is great. So 
Uh, excellent, Matt. Let's plug. What do you got to plug? If you're listening to this, you know where to find me. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm curious. Uh, there was a big snafu over pre-sale tickets for uh, Taylor Swift. I don't know if you saw Matt and Ticketmaster. Uh, do you have uh, any comments that your ticketing is also through Ticketmaster? I don't think I have any comments. <laughs> Probably wise, but uh, but you've never I don't even know what happened. They crashed the site. There's a lot of like pre-registration to prove you're a human to avoid scalping. Have you had any of those problems with your Ticketmaster getting tickets for your show? Has anyone crashed the site? I don't Matt think Frank we've Bell. crashed it, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, is it a, unfortunately or is it fortunately? Probably fortunately. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, yeah. You want people to be able to get tickets in a nice, I guess it's really fashion. hard to obtain tickets to these like big events. Yeah. I've been hearing so much about it lately. I don't know if it's just in Vegas or if this is going on nationwide, but hmm. the prices are just through the roof. Are you hearing about this? Yeah, yeah, prices are high because I think people were again making up for lost time during the pandemic, and now everyone's touring. And yeah, I mean, out. I've talked to several people that wanted to go to certain events, and then they go online and like they go to the presale. I'm not even talking third party, and then like put the tickets in their cart and go to check out, and they're like eight hundred dollars for two tickets. Yeah, to sit in nosebleeds, no thanks, and then they don't end up getting them. Well, it's also fees and stuff. All this. Oh, the fees stuff. are crazy yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of weird what's going on with all that. Yeah, with like yeah. these, kind of like these festivals and major events, mostly. I would say. Yeah. Well, um, you can always get tickets to my shows and not have the trouble of going through Ticketmaster. Although, I, again, for your show, it's not been a problem. <laughs> we ha- I haven't heard of any crashes or issues. You're, you're, for, uh, yeah, yeah, residencies you're, in Vegas anyway. And you're filling seats. So it's a, people are buying the tickets and being successful with it. So that's very good. That's uh, true. People are showing up. So it, <laughs> they must be getting them somehow or they're all sneaking in. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the ploy, Matt. You haven't sold a ticket in 2,000 shows, and everyone's just been showing up, sneaking in. You really should hire a door person, man. To make, to I'll consider sure. it. Um, no, no, that's great. That uh, That's a really exciting 2,000 shows. Uh, you can come see my shows. i got a bunch of stuff in uh, New York. I'm at the Midnight Theater next week on the 22nd, and I believe the 29th as well. Uh, come on out to that while you can. Uh, jumping on to Speakeasy by the time this comes out. Uh, it's probably too late to get tickets, but I am there this Friday night. Um, and uh, then I got a little bit more details. I'm going to have more details as they post things on their website. But the uh, Canyonville, Oregon, on December 30th. It's uh, just about an hour south of uh, Eugene, Oregon, at the Seven Feathers Casino. I will be performing. So if you are on the West Coast in the Oregon area, come on out. Love to see you. And awesome. Some more uh, more announcements and shows, public shows coming up. And of course, you can visit me at my website, ericdillman.com, to book me for uh, some of these privates. A little walk-around show combo like I've been doing for these galas and private events. Um, we have to thank also our lovely patrons that support the show. Uh, let's give a big shout out to our producers, Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. Uh, thank you so much for being here and supporting us. Uh, you keep us responsible for putting out an episode every week, and uh, we appreciate you. And all our other patrons as well, uh, which you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And then um, 
visit our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com. We haven't given a shout-out to Alex in a while, so thank you, Alex, for putting that together. And uh, visit us on our socials, at MindMagicPod. Uh, seeing a lot of magic people following us on our socials, Matt. That's good. That's cool. Yeah, people popping in. So, uh, Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, Matt, always a pleasure. Likewise, and, brother. And, and good luck with the week coming up. But I believe now it is over. Over.